Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about magic hearts, evil scarves, and triple the guyliner that we had last week. I'm Beth Elderkin, and I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? When I was a young boy. My father. Oh my god, this episode is like 2008 warp tour all over again <laughs> this is a mess i was losing my mind uh i'm having a great time i had um a wonderful quarantined thanksgiving i made a way too big turkey for two adults and a picky child uh but i regret nothing i've been eating turkey since thursday uh but I'm doing good feeling good all of that sounds awesome um we also had a good socially distanced uh thanksgiving uh, we don't have as many leftovers. They're mostly eaten now. And now we're just getting ready for the holidays. Got our tree up. Got all our decorations. Uh, Tim got me a little baby Yoda ornament for our own little baby dragon. So I don't want to spoil this week's Mandalorian. But I want to say that I am so... <laughs> the fact that John Favreau was so mad that we call him baby yoda that he aggressively introduced a fan favorite character to name it <laughs> is my favorite like petty ass move just like fine i'm naming him i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spoil anything but that was it made me happy uh so yes two good episodes of of television this week i was so happy about the mandalorian episode it was a lot of fun and then this episode was dense um but fun <laughs> Yes, we are talking about season two, episode five, The Doctor. And this was Doctor. a Halloween episode that aired on my birthday, in October 28th in 2012. And it's the, finally, we're getting the long-kept secret origin story of Dr. Whale and who he is. And apparently, I didn't actually know this, I just saw this in the uh, production notes. Apparently, they got david anders to take the role by telling him he was going to be this character but then, i mean that they, would yeah yeah um like they were like we really want you to be dr whale and he's like who the crap is dr whale well it's this guy okay you got me but then it took a while <laughs> to actually share the reveal but i feel like it was worth the wait oh this reveal oh, it was so worth good. it oh it was worth it it was worth it just because they spent that whole time figuring out how they were going to style his crazy hair and put him in that jacket. Everything about everything they did with him, 
10 out of 10. I forgot how much I loved this episode. This is why that is ingrained in my brain. I thought the stall, like the stable scene lasted a little longer than it did. Like I, I uh-huh. recollect it being weirder. Like I rec- I thought there was like a much more big monster situation, but I remember every ounce, like it, play for play with that last black and white or black and bluish white. Like it wasn't quite black and white. Yeah, it, it was, was just it was fancy yeah. black and white. It was it was yeah, it was very retro, very kind of 1930s classic universal horror film. Love it. Um yes, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and dive on into this episode. Uh but just going to want to give you guys a little bit of a heads up over the next several weeks, you might notice I occasionally might sound a little bit out of breath or I have to take a pause or you might hear some like heavy breathing just like off in the distance. <sighs> <sighs> Everything is fine. It's a pregnancy thing. It's normal in second and third trimester. Apparently, you can just be out of breath like all the time. And it's just, it's fine. Beth, you don't have to apologize to anybody. Being, carrying myself, my single self person through 2020 is exhausting. The fact that you are carrying (laughs) two people in your one body is amazing. So, yes. So, that's uh, just, just, dear listener, just remember, just pregnancy is a beautiful, wonderful thing with just beautiful, <laughs> wonderful side effects. <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay. We are going to go ahead and start by just taking a trip in the modern enchanted forest because there's just stuff that happens there. And I just want to, like, talk about it and then not talk about it. So, Abby, take us away. So we're we're tromping back. We're going back to camp. And they're trying to figure out, how are they going to tell the others what happened? And they're like, well, just tell them the truth. Because the the fair maiden that is with them is having a little trouble. She don't want to lie. Oh, it's so hard to lie. Held a knife to someone's throat earlier in the last episode. Not keen on lying to her people. Uh, so they were like, no, no, no. We'll just tell them the truth and just say, Lancelot died and Cora escaped. The truth without all the extra stuff in between. Don't worry about it. And that's when Mulan goes, hey, wait, there's supposed to be sentries up in this uh, watchtower? And goes, we need to get a closer look to see what's wrong. The sentry tower is literally at the edge of the town. No way she didn't see this whole place burning as they walked <laughs> No, She's like, that's weird, the sentries. I'm like, everything's on fire. Yeah, everything is on fire. All of the buildings are down and there's bodies strewn everywhere. But you're like Mulan, never looking at the ground. She's just always at that skyline. So she doesn't look down until she absolutely has to. It's the the bump it. The bump it like kind of, it's so heavy. It's pulling her head back. So she's just looking up all the time. It's like tied to her. It's like, it's all that stuff in the back and it's just tied to her back. She's like, I have to do this. If I lean forward too much, the bump it flaps forward and we can't have that. No, we cannot. Um, yeah, or, uh, just, you know, not to super couch it, but uh, their whole village has been super murdered. Yeah, that didn't take uh, long. And I, no. feel, I feel like, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, this is like the last remnants of the Enchanted Forest, and they were all fairy tale characters. They all had stories. They're kind of just glossed over. It's just like, whoop, they're all dead. And, and, and like, you think Mulan would... I mean, she's a warrior, I guess, but you might have a, a sh- one moment of, I knew this person and now I'm looking at their corpse. That is not great. No, yeah, no, they, they kind of were just like, I mean, Sleeping Beauty kind of has the whole like, 
uh, like she looks devastated. She looks truly devastated. Emma and Snow are sort of looking on it like war-torn soldiers. Like, this is terrible, but I'm not going to react to it. This is something that normal people would react to. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you're right. Mulan is just sort of just like, what? They're all super dead. Oh, no, the the ogres. And Snow is like, no, this is Korra. She's apparently individually ripped out everyone's heart here. I'm not. I don't. They don't it's explain. It's all got in line. Yeah, I know. They don't really explain what happened. Like, if she put on one big curse and all of the hearts just came out and then she collected them later. Because we later find out that it, whether it's true or not, is that she came in the night. And it all happened so fast. But who knows? Because there's no one alive to tell this story. <gasps> or is there? Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. There's a strapping uh, Irishman uh, underneath this door and we're going to pick him up and he's wearing so much eyeliner and he looks very distressed and we're just going to cheat and not ever show his other hand and no one's going to ask any questions about it. And well, he no, he, just... he says he lost it to the ogres and you see at one point when he's tied to the, when he's tied to the tree, he's, he looks like a stump. Like he yeah. just has like a cover over it. And then he just kept the hook in his satchel, which no one apparently bothered to check, even though Emma was super suspicious of him the whole time. She's like, maybe I should check for some ID. I do like that Rapunzel, uh, I keep wanting to call her Rapunzel. I do like that Sleeping Beauty had the satchel and we later find out she just like opens it and goes out. Oh. Like she never looked inside. She's like, I'm not going to look inside. You never look inside someone's purse. That's a no-no. It's a violating We privacy. don't do that. Uh, yeah, so no, they find a they find a strange man laying under who is dun 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 spoiler alert, it is Captain James Hook. But he's, he's not letting them know that. No, he is pretending to be a a a poor, poor victim of this village. And I like that Emma is the confused one because she's just like, No, I don't think this is right. When like Mulan knows this village, like she should be like, I don't know you. Like, well, I- no, Mulan said that, oh, he's a blacksmith. He came here a few months ago, so he infiltrated already. Oh, okay. But Emma's still suspicious, and for good reason. But no, but but Mulan, Mulan does explain it in 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 one okay. of the scenes. How did I miss that? Okay, apologies. Okay, never mind. I will pick that up. So <laughs> Emma's just like, listen, man. I can tell a lie. You, superpower. You tell, yeah, I have a superpower. I can tell lies. Or he can just suss out a bad actor. Like, I don't... Okay. Because <laughs> he he's doing his best. And he's just like, no, no. I pretended to be dead and laid under a pile of bodies. And they, I was spared the death. And I was just like, oh, okay, totally cool. Knife just throat. <laughs> tell me all your secrets. His wasn't good enough. And so then they tied him to a tree, and then Emma does the worst fake whistle in the world. Um, and she's like, I'm going to let the ogres get you. They do this for ten minutes. Where are these ogres? How far away are they? Why are they taking the smallest steps possible? Because they never actually reach them. They only had the CGI budget for one ogre, and they used it last, like, two weeks ago. Yeah, I can't do it again. So they tie Hook to the tree, and they're just like, tell me, we're going to call the ogres. And he's like, I'll never do it. And they start leaving, and he's like, all right, you've got me. You've bested me. And I'm going to make a funny joke about the fact that I only have one hand. Ha, ha, ha. I am Captain James Hook. Or no, I'm sorry. He says, I am Killian Jones. But as you probably know me, Captain Hook. Because, like, 
like Sleeping Beauty pulls the hook out and like That's Snow it. looks at it. Snow looks at it with like such horror just <gasps> And well, I, I did love... love Snow and Emma's different reactions because Snow knows who he is in in their world in the Enchanted yep. Forest, and she gets legit scared. Like she yeah. knows this guy's reputation. <laughs> Emma's just like, "What?" The Peter I'm Pan guy. Like she, she's like about to bust you're... out laughing. I'm sorry, you're you're Captain Hook. You're Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> Come again? Like she just she's just like, are you like? I love that all of this like insane stuff gets keeps getting thrown at Emma and every time something new happens she's just like I don't want to believe that one. Like <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's no. she's constantly bemused and dismissive of all the weird fairy tale stuff that's happening around her. She's in a magical world and comes across a giant beanstalk and she's just like uh just got just got to take it one day at a time. It's like her brain is at capacity and every time they just keep trying to shove something else into her brain. Like she just found out all of this is extra real like two days ago. So it's just a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he's just like, listen, I made a deal with Cora. She was going to take me to the, like, there, this goes around for a long time. So basically he made a deal with Cora that he wanted to get to Storybrooke. So since they've bested him, he will make the same deal because he's a pirate. He's only in it for himself. Good for him. Uh, and he's just like, listen, just take me to Storybrooke. And I was like, why in the world would Captain Hook want to come to Storybrooke? He's like, uh, because I want to murder Rumpelstiltskin. She's like, cool, fair. And cuts him down from the tree. <laughs> I love that. I don't, I mean, don't need Emma any other has, reasons. That's the magic word. Emma has no reason to, to trust him apart from, you know, meet cute. But yeah, that's a separate story for another time. <laughs> yeah, but I do love that where it's just like, what? At any time, you could just tell that to Emma. Just be like, I need to come with you. Why? I want to murder Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, same no more. Fine. Yeah, no, Let's that's go. that's carte blanche. Like, she, she'll yeah. she'll agree to she's she's cool. Like, she you're 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 cool in her book as long as yeah, exactly. as long as you uh, throw okay. that out there at some point. You should be like, you know, you oh my god, you love red jackets. I love red jackets. Uh, I I really love putting cinnamon in my hot chocolate, mm-hmm. and I want to kill uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Not- oh, We're good. Oh. I wasn't yeah. with you before, but now I get it. Cool. Yeah, no, no, but no, like no, before, no. you mentioned the hot cocoa. Let's get hot cocoa, then go murder Rumpelstiltskin. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 don't have to stick hardcore to that order. We can we can we can reverse it. I'm flexible. You know, maybe maybe murder Rumpelstiltskin and then get hot chocolate. That's like a treat. A treat. We treat ourselves. We treat ourselves to the hot chocolate. Yeah, and then that's when that that's when Hook tells you, yeah. Well, I also like just drinking straight Fireball whiskey. And Emma goes, Oh my god, me too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, excuse me killian jones we have a thing we have a thing going on you you, you can catch you can join it later excuse me this is our thing this is our thing thank this you. is our no. murder rumpelstiltskin thing all right exactly thank you yeah. no, thank you uh and so he leads them through the woods tromping through the woods and i do like this little bonding moment that snow and emma have where snow's like art we're pretty sure like he's leading us into a trap right and Emma's just like, yeah, but if we let him lead her there, lead us there, and Snow, we're one step ahead. Oh my God, you are smart. You're smart too. Me too. We're so smart together. <laughs> this, there's no way any part of this plan could be bad. Let's keep going. And uh, they're they're the they have the. This is all very big side quests. You know, speaking of Mandalorian, it's all very side questy because it's like we have the powder from a magic cabinet. That's not enough. We need to get a magic compass. Where's the magic compass? Well, I'm glad you asked. It is up this giant beanstalk that is objectively six miles away. 
Like once we see how thick around that, that beanstalk is, by the way, just do the just do a little bit of like eighth grade math. It's far away. It's yeah, the, far there's away. like three extra days of trekking that we, I'm guessing, do not see on camera. No, no. It this reminds is season me, seven Game of Thrones, not season two. It reminds me a lot of. Uh, uh, I was about to say, about to say, repeated Game of Thrones. It re- reminds me a lot of Las Vegas because the buildings are so big, and you know that they're hotels. So when you're looking at them, specifically, our story was we were standing at Caesars and looking at the Rio, which is off the strip, and we we're like, we can walk that far. It's like not very far. It's so far, <laughs> and you're just like, it just keep, you keep thinking you're getting close, but it just keeps getting bigger, and you're no closer. Like you're just like, what sort of weird? This is why people get lost in the desert. And so it it was very much one of those things. This thing is six miles away. They have to like Oregon trail. They're going to ford a river. They're going to have to stop and kill some meat, but they can't take all the bison meat, which they didn't explain at the beginning part of the mini game. Interesting. (laughs) Uh, But that's where, that's where we leave off with, with the gang, with the, with the spice girls and also hook. (laughs) Yeah. And meanwhile, uh, Prince Charming is quote unquote, very hard at work on his uh, big hard at work plan to get them back. But first, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna, I guess, have a little, um, I don't know what it was. It almost felt like he was, um, like, he, he, he was having, a, like, a check-in hour, a sheriff at, at outside Granny's, being like, all right, With guys, his- these are my office hours. I'm gonna be outside Granny's from 10 to 11. Come check in with me. I'll see how you're doing. And then Dr. And Rell's going- like, all right, yeah. I'm going to wear shoulder holsters out in the open. Those are for under a jacket. (laughs) And he's just like, (laughs) they're not even strapped in. Like they're flapping all over the place. And I messaged you this when we were talking about Mm -hmm. it. It's just like, this episode is chock full of guy liner and just like eye candy for like alt girls in the early two thousands. And it's just like, like we talked about last week, David trying to keep up. Like, no, I'm in a tight shirt and tight pants, and I've also got my shoulder holsters on. Don't worry, it's super, super cool. I'm also gonna sit kind of like a super big dude. Like, it's not in line with his character at all. It makes me laugh so much. No, like at one point he says he's gonna go check back in with the dwarves in the mine, and I, I fully expected to get another, you know, tank top David in the mine scene for no reason other than David's. <laughs> David's feel uh the David or Josh Dallas either one is uh is feeling their masculinity I, called into question a little bit. It's just I just want the Zoolander thing where he's like he's in his tank top in the in the uh in the cave. Everybody's working okay. for the week. He's like, ooh, ooh, and he's posing the whole time he's doing it. Uh so no but, oh, but he's taking his He's taking his office hours outside of Granny's, which apparently if you come to the office hours and at any time underneath the curse you flirted with his wife, he's going to cold cock you just right in the face. That's assault, sir. You need to go put yourself in jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Yeah, but he's the sheriff, so like, what is he going to do? Arrest himself? This is... I don't know. I found this, I found this really funny. This I mean, is it's corruption not, in the police force. Of it's, it is extremely corrupt. Cock, but I did really find it funny. And what I find found more funny is that Doctor Will legit did not understand why it was happening. He's like, dude, what the hell? It's like, you slept with my wife, Catherine. I, what? I do. I. <laughs> I, sir, I slept with a lot of people's wives. My alter <laughs> ego was a boss. <laughs> I. 
My favorite part about this is that it does have a very bro code moment to it where it was like, what happened? I slept, you slept with my wife. Snow? Yeah, it was in the curse. Yeah, but I'm still mad about it. What do you want? And then they just don't talk about it anymore. At no point does his face hurt. Like, he's just like, eh, whatever. Uh, and so this is when Dr. Whale makes his plea that he, he wants to go back. And Charming's just like, okay, well, I don't keep secrets from anybody. I'm trying to find a way back. And he's like, well, okay. can you get to, can you get to, he's just like, what's your plan? The whole time he's writing on like this half piece of legal paper for no reason. Like he's just scribbling just constantly. Like I know who the Zodiac killer is. Just question mark, question mark, question mark. And, and Whale is bearing his soul. He's like, I want to get out of here. I want to go. I need to get back to my brother. And I need to get to a different land. Not the land you're trying to go to, but a different land. Is this the <laughs> first time that Charming is hearing about multiple worlds or not? Because he seemed kind of nonplussed about it. And I thought, I, I seriously thought he was going to like look up his head and go, hold on. Did you say multiple worlds? Okay, so not to get too in the weeds and beginnings in older seasons, isn't Arendale a different world or is it just a different region? Oh, I think it's a because, different. Oh, I don't remember. That's See, okay, so uh, we'll, pin it, we'll put a pin in that conversation okay, okay. he may know. <laughs> he may know, uh, but I have a feeling if he did know. They didn't know he would know from that because there was no way they... Frozen wasn't even out yet. So that... They don't know. They know we know they know. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Very nonplussed. Mostly because I don't think he was listening. I mean, fair. He's just like... no time for this guy. Was jackass slept with my wife. I need to seem like an important sheriff person doing important sheriff work to make this guy feel very small and insignificant. No one sleeps with my wife but me. Damn it. Um... And then basically it's just like, well, Regina's going to have to be the one that gets you there. So like, I won't take it. See you later. So cut to Regina going to see Dr. Hopper in a very big self-help mental health move to go mm-hmm. sp- seek therapy because she has been trying not to use magic. Um, they do, they do take a, 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 I don't know if it's a, a little heavy-handed, but they do try to make kind of an addiction conversation about it, especially towards the end. But she's just like, I'm trying not to use magic. I don't want to use magic. I don't want my son to think that I'm a monster person. What do I do in the middle of this conversation? As I'm e- examining, I Regina's hair with the middle part and the flip out makes her look her head look like a bell. And it's <laughs> strange to me. I can't get over it. But then, you know, Dr. Whale just comes, like, Rambo kicking the door down. And he's just like, take me back. I need to see my brother. And she's like, I can't. And then we get Spicy Hopper. He doesn't get super mad about a lot of things. But when you disrupt a session, he's going to freak out. Like, he, like, <laughs> like even Regina's kind of like. Oh, yeah, I, I, hmm. I loved hopper in this whole episode i thought he was fantastic like when he's talking to regina and she's like i i haven't used magic in two days and he goes that's great it's amazing he's so proud of you like he's so supportive and then yeah the moment the moment dr whale just barges in he's just like get the f out oh because Mon- like you're the monster because you know that like hopper is just like completely like 
and I don't know this from personal experience or anything, but I would assume that being as a therapist, especially with someone with your own interests, your own opinions and your own biases, you have to take everything in your power to be non-judgmental, to, to, to be in a very centered place and to listen and to be in an open spot. And that takes a lot of energy. So if he is focusing all of his energy on trying to forget that she's an evil queen who does evil, terrible things and listen to her and maybe, oh man, maybe in the back of his brain, he's just like, I can help her. I will mm-hmm. fix her. She will not be the evil queen. And all of a sudden, some jackhole comes bursting in the section, dis- disrupting what you're doing. Oh, just I'm surprised stuff didn't start getting thrown. Because even Regina is just like, she's like, I was in a vulnerable place right now. And I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore. And I'm very upset. And blah, 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 blah. But Chopper's like, get out. It was, it was great. It, it was, was great. yeah. And, uh, and she reveals to Hopper uh, why Dr. Whale had come barging in. And because, um, you know, she, she, she only could bring the living to a degree. She, she could bring dead bodies if she wanted to. She brought a couple with her. her Which she calls her on. He's like, oh, you brought your dad, you brought your dad here and he's in a tomb. Yeah. And and she's she's just like, like, well, you know, if I, if I wanted it, I brought who I wanted. If I wanted it in my dead dad, I brought my dead dad. Also, I brought my dead fiance. Yeah, and I'm not bringing everybody's dead baggage with them. Gross. I don't have time for this. Like, that's just a lot of dead bodies to keep track of. I don't have the time. And now we're going to venture back into into the enchanted forest of days gone yonder. Because we need to find out what happened with uh, with Regina and Daniel. Because poor Ribbon is hard out. Not the end of their story, apparently. No. Yes, yeah, so this takes place shortly after Regina had banished her mom into uh, into the mirror world, which turned out to be uh, Wonderland. And uh, Rumpelstiltskin is out in the woods with her, teaching her a bit of magic with a unicorn. And I'm like, this is not going to go well because it's a unicorn and it's Rumpel. He's going to do something bad with the unicorn. You... Like, uh, so we get to the point where, like, and we'll explain it, but she ultimately fails this test. You cannot, you cannot put a horse girl in front of a unicorn and be like, here, murder it. I don't know what he was expecting. Like, of course she's not going to do it. Like, just, just, what are you nuts? But yes, he is, he is trying to teach her, uh, you know, like controlling it and all this other fun stuff. Well, it, it kind of, I mean, I don't think this was intentional, but it does draw a parallel to this, to the pilot episode because she, uh, well, no, the second, the second episode of the series, the, the thing you love most where mm. she, she at first, uh, takes the heart of her beloved steed and believes that's enough to enact the curse, but it turns out it had to be her father. So, Ooh. yeah, so she did, eventually, the horse girl did rip out a horse's heart. She's so lost. <laughs> she just didn't do it yet. Uh, so, yeah, so she's practicing magic, she's freezing it, and then Rumpel's like, all right, we'll just take the heart out. She's like, no, I can't do it. So Rumpel takes it out. And this is, I felt so bad. I know the horse is an actor. He's a professional. But also, I felt so bad for this poor unicorn horse. <laughs> He's a professional horse. He's doing so good. He believes in himself. He's a good boy. Also, also, come on, guys. That that horse is like, I don't know what a tall horse is. A 16 hands? Is that a big horse? I don't know. Um, I forget how big hand, like it's, 16 seems like a lot. We'll go with 16 hands. I didn't know that's how you measured horses. You measured them with your hands. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, that, make, that makes sense. 
I, I worked I worked at a horse barn. I know that. I just don't know what a big horse would be. I think it's 16 hands. Anyway, whatever. It's a giant horse. So, yeah, he, he has the horse. Uh, he the, has the, the heart. Mm-hmm. The heart is so little. <laughs> Yeah, no that just that like, was a he, that was just their 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 one prop heart that they've we made. Have one prop heart. Sorry, Daniel and the horse and the unicorn. You're all the same heart. <laughs> it's all the same to Rumple, and uh, he tries to get Regina to use the heart and crush it in her hand to kill the horse, and she can't do that either. And Rumple just does it right away, and he's just like, "All right, girl, what's up? Let's talk. What do you what what are you doing?" <laughs> What is wrong with you? <laughs> I will ban I will banish my mother, my mother to a shadow realm so I don't ever have to see her. But you want me to kill a unicorn? Drawing the line, sir. Drawing the line. <laughs> and and Regina gets another a little bit of another counseling session, although with a much uh, less genial therapist, because Rumple's trying to get her to t- dish to divulge what's going on. Well, she wants to know she wants to know if magic can bring back the dead. Cuz that's Eventually, all that's all she cares about. She wants Daniel back. She kept him alive with a spell to preserve his body. And she wants to revive him. And he's just like, no, she's dead. What, what's wrong with you? Then, oh, that's then, what you want to do? Ew. No. Yeah. And, I mean, knowing, like, Rumpel's experience with his wife and everything, like... I I found this a little bit interesting that like that death is the one thing that he just draws the line on. He's just like, no, you can't do it. And yeah, like you can't do it. You shouldn't do it. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, you should, you can't do it. You shouldn't do it. Does it's just, it's a terrible thing. I also imagine that rumble has brought to, to life a lot of many a woodland creature and just turned out to be monster creatures. Yeah, I'm kind of curious, like, how much experience he has. And I wonder if that's something we're going to be seeing later, is if Rumple has experience of trying to bring back the dead. Um, you know, or if this is just a thing he knows as the Dark One, like, kind of like when you're a genie and you innately know the three wish- things you can't wish for. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so this is where Rumple draws the line. Although, eventually we learn that line is just manipulation. Oh my god! <laughs> Full on, just, just cat, not catfish. What is it? He is. What's that term for when you're just gaslighting? Like, gaslighting. He's kind of gaslighting her. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. He's doing that. He's he's. But but then, because again, as we find out, all of this I believe was orchestrated because then a cute boy walks in. Yes, yeah. Because she's like, all right, what are we gonna do next? He's like, no, no, no. You and I are done. We're donezos. You, you, whatever. We're good. And then, and then the Mad Hatter shows up. Sebastian Stan, his final appearance on Once Upon a Time. R.I.P. They, they finally get his hair right, and they take him away. <laughs> but I mean, what this a way the- to go! Just oh. guyliner for days. Like he, his last <sighs> scene is is Boys Town, and I love it. I, everything about all of the scenes, when he's wearing the top hat at the end, he definitely looks like he's A, drunk on set, uh, but he's also having the time of his life. Rewatch that final scene with all three of them and just watch Hatter because he is making facial expressions that will change your life. Because like, at one point Rumble's talking and he just reacts to nothing. Like he's just, 
Just make <laughs> get just his eyes get really big, and just, then he'll just like make look. It's just he's just like I'm gonna do whatever. No one's looking at me, but everyone had her is looking at you because whoever decided to style your hair for this episode, ten out of ten. The outfit, ten out of ten. Everything. 10 You're out of wearing 10. the hat. Oh my god, the hat is so big and oversized. It's the only hat I've ever wanted in my life. I want a big oversized hat. <laughs> well, anyway, so the Mad Hatter arrives because he went on a uh, quest for Rumpelstiltskin. And this is the first time that the Mad Hatter and Regina are also meeting each other. But it's interesting that they don't really make a big deal of it. Because it because later on, you know, later on, meaning in an earlier episode, they 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 clearly have a rapport. They've worked together possibly multiple times. And this is like the first time. This is the debut, but they don't really present it that way. It's just kind of something you have to figure out for yourself, which I thought was kind of yes. cool. I like I when like the this. show assumes we're smart <laughs> and can put two and two together. He comes with a crystal ball that he got from another land. And then Rumpel asks if he got the shoes, the slippers in particular, from that land. Didn't quite do it. Um, And this is our latest hint at Oz. And I couldn't help but notice Regina's reaction. Did you see it too? I saw it too. (laughs) Like that, that's for that, right? It's gotta be. I feel like there's some stuff that they knew. Mm-hmm. Like, they were like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to feed it out this much. They don't know a lot. Like, I don't think that they had all of the things, like, the reasonings for su- certain things worked out. But I think they definitely had, like, okay, Regina does have a sister that at a certain point we will activate if we are allowed to. She is going to be from Oz. She will be the Wicked Witch of the West. We, you know, like, just little things. Much like the Fra- much like Frankenstein thing that they're doing, they, they, they have, like, a sleeper agent in the show the whole time. Like, it's... They lay it right out in front of you. So I feel like they had hints of stuff. And they're like, if we get to it, we get to it. Otherwise, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it felt so delicious. And, you know, since, especially since this episode, you know, pl- gives us the reveal that we've been waiting a season and a half for Frankenstein, only to then tease something that we're not going to see for another season and a half at the very least, was very rewarding to me. I very much enjoyed that. Yes, I, I appreciated that, too. And and to your point, I also, like, if we're remembering, like, just to back to the not showing a whole big reaction to, to Hatter and Regina meeting, there's also not really a big reaction to it because Hatter's there on purpose. Like, clearly, like, I thought it was weird when we first started watching the scene. I was like, he's giving a lot of this away very quickly. Like, why does he already have all this information right on his hand? And why is he so eager to talk to her? We obviously find out why later. Yeah, because it's all part of this big master plan. Yeah, yes. because <laughs> Rumple, forever the the catty little bitch is just like, all right, thanks, uh, thanks, Mad Hatter. You can go get some gold, whatever you want. Regina, you can see yourself out. Yeah. Oh, are are you in. still here? Get yeah. out of here. What's your name again? Regina. Have I known that the whole time? Oh, that's weird. Oh. Anyway, see you later. <laughs> And then Jefferson, Mad Hatter, comes up to Regina's like, oh, so you want to bring back the dead? I heard that. Overheard that. I know someone who can help you. Tell coincidence, and I will help you in exchange for something that is admittedly a cool thing to have, but also, like, 
I mean, I want access. Regina's clearly getting the better end of the deal and should have been suspicious. I want access to every mushroom in your kingdom. <laughs> I want to get any mushroom I see. If it's on your land, I want it. Deal. <laughs> deal. I'm hungry. So yeah, so he says he knows somebody who can uh, bring back the dead. And the whole episode in the flashbacks, they they allude to he's a kind of wizard, but it's something more than magic, other than magic. And it's so ham-fisted, and you know exactly what he's talking about, but dear God, when he finally says it at the end of the episode, I died. It's just I so good. I will say that they did the wizard thing, and I think this is why they did the Oz thing, because I think they red herringed it a little bit. Yeah, they did. They, very, yeah. they were just like, look, some stuff from the Wizard of Oz. Oh, I know a wizard. He uses hot air balloons and shit. It's great. <laughs> you know, so yeah, so I, again, I, I agree it was really ham-fisted. I, I have to r- remind myself sometimes, what did I think when I was first watching this? Because I, I feel like I just didn't get it, because we have no idea... Frankenstein is not a fairy tale character. No. So it no like your brain was probably going Frankenstein. You're like, no, that's not right. No, that's not yeah. Right. yeah. And then they 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 kind of sh- they kind of uh, I don't know the word for it a little bit, but they obfuscate a little bit by you know because I got got to bring my brother back. I got to bring my brother back. And you're just like, who's his brother? Frankenstein <laughs> doesn't have a brother. And so it's they they do kind of duck and weave a little bit. I think they didn't want to make it. Just like being like, wait, I don't believe for a second this is Frankenstein. They wanted that moment at the end for you to go, <gasps> yeah. Oh, and and okay. for me specifically, the moment I'm talking about is when he says the word science, because that's like that's the thing that they really dance around in this episode. Is like, I don't, I don't do magic. It's something more than magic. It's something else than magic. And but he he never says it. it. He never says that word science until the end. But when he does, I don't care if they were just cock teasing it the whole time. That was amazing. He sounds he sounds like old schoolmates in my Instagram inbox. I can help you lose so much weight. I it's better than science. You know what it is? It's essential oils. It's a flat it's a flat belly tea. It'll change your life. Do it. Totally. It's like, okay, what is this man scamming with? Uh, it's like, it's just like, yeah, it's not, this is a, it's, it's Dr. Frankenstein, but with essential oils. I can bring anybody <laughs> back to life with lavender oil. Well, um, so Mad Hatter manages to get the person that Regina needs and brings them to her world. And they go, they go to meet him. Like this is, they're not traveling. Jefferson's like, I, no girl, I got you. We don't, we don't need to go anywhere. We're going to be right here. And they go, they walk out into the courtyard and there he is. They don't say his name. He just, they, he's like, I'm, I'm the doctor, but if you want to call me something else, it's fine. Hatter also doesn't really introduce himself to her. So like they he's just like, Sup. <laughs> so it makes sense. Like this is this is all like it's all strange. But yes, I do like this. You can call me doctor if you'd like. I've never been trained anywhere and I've been thrown out of every academy I've been part of. But sure, totally. I'm the doctor. doctor. And, and can we this just take box? a moment to just just absorb his amazing jacket? And his hair and his glasses everything. and his everything. Dear God, I loved this look. This 
this steampunk beauty. He's wearing gloves like the whole time. Yep. I love it. And yeah, no, this jacket is rad and he wears it like no it they probably built that on him. They were just like we're sewing it to you. Like it's just part of you now. <laughs> like this is if he takes off his clothes, he's wearing this jacket. It's never come off of his body. Cuz the buttons immaculate. The 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 like the turtleneck collars on it immaculate. He moves in it normal too. Like usually when people are putting bulky stuff like that, they don't. He looks like he was born in it. Like it was just like this is just clothes I have in my closet. And and this is and one thing I did appreciate, and I, I I'm not gonna say this was like an intentional nod, I think it's more incidental, is the color. The fact that it's like this bright brown, because back in the days of old black and white movies, they they weren't putting them in black and white. They were putting right. them in very uh they were putting them in bright colors, they were putting them in very stark colors so that they would show up on black and white in very stark ways. Like when they were wearing makeup on their faces, they were, it was caked on so that it would look very dark and and stark when it was on black and white. So I did appreciate how his coat wasn't gray or white or anything like that. He's full color because then it adds to the depth of him being in black and white. It just added to it. I feel like whether, I don't feel like that that was a conscious choice by anybody except the costume department. Yeah. Because it, it. I noticed it too, and what it reminded me of is the fact that if in the first Hobbit movie, uh, Bilbo was wearing like this patchwork robe thing, and it's very loud. It's apparently even louder in real life because they had to like saturate it in such a weird way that the jacket still needed to be alive, but needed to be muted a lot more but it needed to come through the muting so like if you see it without all of the just the camera effects that they're doing it's just like joseph's technicolor dream coat so i think that it was probably a nod from the costume department like someone just like graduated from costume designing university or <laughs> i don't want to go to With i don't i don't want that to I don't want that to sound really flippant. Like I, they, they're good at what they do, but I was just like, no, we don't put him in black and we don't put him in gray. We put him in brown with gold buttons and his glasses rose colored. <laughs> I love the glasses. Those oh, glasses. So I wish good. I could wear those glasses. Those look so strange on me, but I love he every single bit of it. Also, how long did it take him to do his hair? Like, holy crap. <laughs> Um, I'm feeling he just he he's caked it on so much he just wakes up like that every day and never takes a shower. He's a doctor. He doesn't have time. Like that's I think that might be my favorite part where it's just like no, this is just how my hair is, and you're just like this is normal. I love it. (laughs) Well, anyway, um, the the doctor has arrived and he can perform the tasks that she asks for, but he wants something in exchange. He's heard of a way that hearts can be. Uh, preserved in this special world uh, through magic and i love how flippantly jefferson's like oh yeah you just rip it out of somebody's body and it's a magic art yeah it happened to her fiance super sad Eugenia, tell him <laughs> tell him all about it girl you can do it again too, right this scene as well is jefferson in the background just making faces leaning on the couch <laughs> just Mm-hmm, sure. Like someone like spiked his Coca-Cola and he was just like, Oh, I feel funny. I mean, it I was also this. like, you know, it was he probably knew that it was like one of his last appearances because this was when he had gotten Winter Soldier 
and he was doing some other projects. So like, he might've known this was his last turnaround. He's just like, I'm going to go out swinging. It, Literally. it is a nice juxtap- juxtaposition against, um, just very rigid, sad Jefferson, because he has not been separated from his daughter. His daughter is his light in his life. So he's fine. And he's bouncing around. He's, he's, he's doing just great. And he doesn't really care. Uh, yeah, but this yeah, is like, I also- yeah, this is the only time we're really seeing the Mad Hatter as like the Mad Hatter. Like, yeah. well, you know, as the, as the flip, we, we never find out how he got the hat, but at this point it doesn't really matter. I, I do. I do like that. What you pointed out though, like he does definitely have an air of, I'm going to be best friends with Chris Evans. You guys are all dumb. <laughs> I got to <laughs> go. Goodbye forever. Goodbye forever. Um, I'm going to another plane of existence. So he does agree to perform the procedure on Daniel after inspecting the body and marveling at all the magic and taking blood samples. It's all very icky. But he needs a heart to do it. Uh, Regina, she's not going to get him a heart. Even though both he and Jefferson are like, come on, girl, just just get us a heart. Do it, do it, like, do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, definitely dual devil on the shoulder in a way that you're like, huh, something, something else is going on here. I bet we're going to find out what it is. But Regina's like, no, I'm not going to do that. But I know where we can get some hearts. And they go to Cora's vault where she has a bunch of hearts and there's a line that regina says where she's just like she took so many i have no idea who they are she took so many it's hard to keep track because that's a line regina echoes later in the present day where she's like i don't know what heart was put in my fiance i took too many to keep track i i like that because we see that with graham's heart later uh, is because like when she opens the box, she just finds an empty one. She's just like neat, and she puts it in there. And there's no labeling. And I think I yelled about this in the first episode, <laughs> when, or in one of the episodes, when episode with Graham, is that she doesn't label anything. I'm like, how does she remember what they are? Now I know. She does not. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't care. She doesn't care. She doesn't know. And it's just. I also think the creepiest part is because they do this really long thing with you know listen to the fire, and she they they hear a heart beating. Are all the hearts beating in synchro? Like, that's that's weird. I mean, it's <laughs> magic, you know. I know. I mean, I just I like the idea that there's all these different hearts. Like she probably pulled somebody's heart that has heart palpitations, but he's cured now. I will cure. Well, they uh, the doctor does find the heart he believes is strong enough, and there was a deleted scene apparently where after he grabbed the heart. There was what can only be described as the trash compactor scene from A New Hope where Cora's vault like uh, triggered uh, a booby trap and they were all going to get crushed and they got saved by a statue or something. Oh, and then Regina learns uh, transportation magic at the last minute. Listen, when you're taking a magic heart from a vault that is not your own, the trick is to have a bag of sand that weighs the same amount. (laughs) And you... (laughs) No one will ever know. <laughs> much like much like the trash compactor scene, Harrison Ford was also in that. So Harrison Ford will teach us a lot about things. Anyway, they get out with the heart and it's fine. And then uh, uh, the doctor is going to go perform magic, or not magic, I'm sorry, essential oils things in a tent in a field. Yes, it's a tent in a field, and it's lit by torches. But he, he like, and it's very silhouetted, so like anyone with like anyone with eyes can see what he's doing enough to know what's going on. But Regina is befuddled. She's like, 
what the fuck is happening in there? Why can't I go in? I'm like, girl, you can see very well what he's doing. But so, it doesn't work, unfortunately. I love this scene so much because he's clearly seasoning the heart with some oregano. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm surprised, like, when she walked in later, to, he's like, hey, it didn't work. Because the scene is he has the heart, he holds it above his head, and then he smashes it into Daniel's chest and goes, nope, didn't work. <laughs> I was like, how does he have the magic to put the heart in there? I just was waiting for the heart to be smashed all over the front of Daniel. <laughs> like, <laughs> it didn't work. The heart didn't go through the chest, but I don't know. I don't well, use magic. Yeah, but the thing is, is like Regina doesn't like her frame of reference is only the heart being able to be ripped out. So presumably she thinks it can be pushed back in. Obviously, in Frankenstein's world, that's not what he does. He does surgery, opens up the cavity, puts it in and then sews it back up. But Regina has no frame of reference for that. So, like, this all makes total sense to her, except it doesn't work. Gosh darn it. The heart Mm. didn't work. Regina has to say goodbye to her beloved, keep him under the sleeping spell in hopes that one day she can do it again, which is going to happen. And it's not going to be in a way she likes. Um, And then we get a couple delicious, like, every other like, by the way, just spoilers, this is probably going to be a very long podcast because there's a lot to talk about in this episode. We're already at like 15 oh, wow. minutes. It's great. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going. Speed, speed, speed. I've been talking about Jefferson's hat too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. I'm no not sorry. No need to apologize. Fashion is important. I apologize for nothing. <laughs> so there are, the, the rest of the scenes in the flashbacks are just pure candy. I lived for every one of them. First, You've got Regina going into the woods to find Rumple and some woman that Rump that Rumple just um destined to die. That's all I can say. This <laughs> poor woman. Die, it's today. Some people were saying that she looked like Esmeralda. Uh, I I didn't really see it, but that would add another no. layer of WTF to this whole situation because Rumple recruited this woman. Fully hoping that one day Regina was going to kill her. Yeah, yeah. That first of all, that poor girl because she was like, "Yes, dark magic. I'm going to get back at everybody." Remember that one girl, Nikki, who said that my hair was stupid. <laughs> yeah, well, her, her hair was stupid, so you know. <laughs> well, she definitely also. I don't buy the Esmeralda thing, so I'm not going to add that layer of WTF unless they come out and say it was Esmeralda. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah so no, Regina, Regina shows up in her. She has got her queenly garb. She's had a makeover. The horse girl is gone. We now have a horse woman who's not afraid to murder horses and women. Horses, women don't care. Whatever. So yeah, she's, so she rips out the, the woman's heart, crushes it right in front of Rumble, And Rumble's like, yippee, yippee, And then he goes to frolic and gloat with uh, Jefferson and the doctor. Because it was all part of Rumpel's plan. Yes, the guy liner scene. Boys night out. It's amazing. I love it because they're all dressed in different costumes. In different layers of makeup. Because there's there's the doctor. And he's in his coat and his hair and his glasses. And he's having a great time. And then there's Jefferson in the most extra outfit anyone has (laughs) ever seen on this show. With his big giant hat that he wears. And it's amazing. And then there's Rumple, and his makeup didn't quite make it to his hairline, which I thought was strange. Uh, but he's all in that, and he's also standing in the light. We usually don't get to see Rumple in full daylight. 
Uh, just all three of them in completely different scenes, but it works. <laughs> it works it so good. Works. They're just chilling in the woods, talking about enacting their master plan. Because it turns out the doctor and Jefferson were in cahoots with Rumpel the whole time. The doctor never tried using the heart. Screw Daniel. Who cares? Doesn't matter. He needed the he needed the heart, and that's how he got it. And Jefferson's just happy to be there. Just you know, just like happy to be part of the voice club. Listen, man, I'm just happy that this is all done because it was a convoluted plot, and I don't know how it worked. Uh, but also. I have free reign to have every mushroom in this kingdom, so. <laughs> also, I have a magic super hat, and I'm going to go to Halloween Town later and dance with Jack Skellington. Uh, one thing that Rumpel said that I wasn't a huge fan of, like, they, they keep trying to, like, they, they, they keep inserting Rumpel into these different stories and connecting him. It's all through Rumpelstiltskin, and some of them work. Crocodile works. Having Rumple call Regina his monster does not work. Yeah, no, that didn't work at all. Yeah, like, oh, the doctor, he made me a monster. He made me Regina. I don't like that at all. And I don't like what it says about Regina as a character, especially since she's not even there to defend herself. Like, I. But I also don't think, I don't think Rumple would have called her a monster. But he just. Because he doesn't think. He said it. No, no, but what I'm saying is that, like, that this is just a bad line. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that this is this is just an out-of-character line that they tried to connect mm-hmm. to Frankenstein. And it didn't work because I don't think he believes he's making a monster. I think he believes he is making a powerful being that's not a monster. I th- that's, that's not what he believes. At all. I think he'd believe Snow White was a monster before he believed that Regina was. So I don't believe he re- believes that or what, but I also didn't like that line. It was very clunky. It sounded like a first draft. I didn't like it. Yeah, it was it was a script problem uh, and didn't reflect the the character as we understand him. Uh, but and then the final shot we get of Jefferson is him leading the doctor into that. They go leaping. Wee! Bye, Jefferson. We hardly knew you. We'll see you on Disney Plus eventually. <laughs> We haven't even seen a trailer yet. It's probably fine. (laughs) And then we close out on Victor, who is in his house with his wonderful assistant, who is played by, like, I knew I recognized him, but I didn't know from what. And that's because this actor has just been in everything. He's just, yeah, he's, uh, he's, I mean, he's always playing, like, he'll be in, like, one episode. Of everything. He's been in Stargate. He was on V. He was Rise of the Planet of the Apes. He was on Supernatural. Legends of Tomorrow. Arrow. Charmed. Like, he's always in, like, one episode. But he's just in one episode of everything. Oh, he definitely has that, like, I'm here and my eyebrows are also here kind of look. Because he definitely also, like, when you expect to see, like, an Igor or an assistant to Dr. Frankenstein... It's not his, it's not him that you're expecting. Like, no, so but just, I thought he was great. I loved him. No, I thought he was great too. It was just like when he turned around, it tried to stunned me for a second. I was like, oh, he was kind of hot. Yeah. Oh, excuse me, sir, sir. Not every guy <laughs> in the show has to be hot. I'm fine with it, but calm down. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then they do this great 
great Frankenstein scene. Some of the camera work is amazing too. Like I love it. Oh yeah. Who? Um, I, oh, let me see who was directing this episode because it was notable who was directing it. Um, oh, hold up. I can I can pull this up real quick. It was no, directed by doing- Paul Edwards, um, who I believe has done. Uh, he done he he did a lot of episodes for uh for Once Upon a Time and on Lost. Like he's he's big okay. with Kitsis he's, and Horowitz. Got it. He's, yeah, he's no, he did a great great job. Yeah, great job. Like the shots through the the th- shots through like the empty gl- uh containers and vials and stuff was amazing. Great. It's, it seems like one of those things where he was like, okay, I've been filming this this goddamn fairy tale show. Finally, I get to do a tribute to something I really love which is old universal horror movies, you know, the classic monster movies in the 1930s. I live for this shit. Like that's the kind of thing, like it it was a filmmaker scene. It was like a filmmaker's moment. And he, he gets the heart. They put it in. They enact the machine. The lightning is striking down from the sky. I could have sworn I saw like a giant bat flying nearby, but it might've been a bird. But I was like, Oh, it, wouldn't this be amazing if this was like the first sign of like a universal monster movie world that we saw more of? We don't. That doesn't come in until um, our our R.I.P. Jekyll and Hyde pour one Listen, out. They just need to bring back oddly hot dudes to play like old literature characters. Like, come yes. on, <laughs> please, please. <laughs> it's all we live for. It's all I want. Please. And as the as his brother wakes up, the true Frankenstein's monster, Igor turns to him and goes, "Sir, it's like magic." And then Frankenstein, in the moment that this uh, David Anders was freaking living for for two seasons, it just looks into the distance and goes, "Not magic, science." And again. <laughs> They were just dancing around this one word for 40 goddamn minutes, but it was worth it. Oh my God. It just, that (laughs) I was waiting for the, it's alive. Didn't care about that. Loved it. It's not magic. It's science. Science. Oh my God. I love it. (laughs) It was such a good way to end the episode. And I do believe we get one more. And I think it's in this season where we learn more about Frankenstein and his brother, where they go more into their story, um, at least according to IMDb. So I am excited for that because we need more of this. So so the episode's not over, Beth. No, well, I mean, can it be? No, I'm, I was really now? worried. I was worried you were glossing over it. I couldn't tell if you were doing it because it was actually end of the episode or no. not, but... No, I'm I, just, um, I just no. don't want to talk about the whole Daniel thing because I did not care for it. So we'll, we're, we're going to kind of gloss it a little bit because it, oh, we're already over an happens. hour. <laughs> very little happens in a very long amount of time. Basically, Regi- Regina's driving home in the rain. This is all the very, like the horror Halloween shot. Like it's, it's raining so much. It's lightning out. And she sees Daniel standing in front of the library and she's like, uh, and she closes her eyes and she opens them. Uh, Daniel's gone. So she's like, okay, I gotta, gotta go check my vault. She goes and checks her vault. Daniel's body is not there. And so she's like, damn it. Damn it. So she goes looking for Dr. Whale. She starts at the psych ward. No one's there. 
and she goes to the doctor's office. Uh, Whale is there. Whale is waiting for her in pieces. Um, like literal pieces. And they have, um, like the lights are broken. There's lightning and thunder outside. Like they were leaning very hard into making this a very whatever scary episode. Right up until the stables, I was there for it. I was like, this is amazing. I love this. I love this kind of, this is the kind of bottle episode I live for. Because it's not bottle up, like it's not a bottle episode in the true true sense. But the way that they shot it was just like, hey, it's Halloween, so we're gonna shoot this like a bunch of lunatics. So <laughs> they get in there. Uh, yeah, Doctor Whale's in there. His arm has been ripped off, and he's just like, I did it, I brought back Daniel because I thought you would totally bring him back, and I apparently was wrong. You gotta go kill him. And <laughs> enter David. Uh, David, <laughs> David comes in. I'm the sheriff. Tell me what's going on around here. She's like, listen, here's a bunch of information for you very quickly. I brought my fiance back, the one that Snow got murdered. Um, He's alive now. He has a heart, which I'm just going to say was Graham's heart just because I want to bring him back. Um, And it's not going great. Uh, Dr. Whale's arm got ripped off. Anyway, I need to go because I'm the only person that can control him. This is all very Frankenstein and, and his monster. You're like, no, no, no. He'll listen to me. He'll listen to me. David goes berserk because he's just like, I'll kill him. I'll kill him with my guns. <laughs> my shoulder holds your gun. And he's like, you have two options. You can tell me where he is or you, I, I will go murder him. I don't remember what the options were. And she's like, okay, so <laughs> he's probably going to go back to something place that he knew. Like when you woke up from your coma. So he's going to go to the last place he remembers the stables. Wouldn't you know it, Beth? Wouldn't you know it? <laughs> Charming has just left a child unsupervised with a bunch of horses. <laughs> just this week. Wouldn't you know it? Oh, what's the chances? And it's Henry, part of Charming's, like, trying to bond with his I grandson know. by turning I know. him into a knight. Again, I thought it was so cute, but also, yeah, what are the friggin' odds? Why is he alone? No, that if it was like someone else might have been there or anything, you did not leave a child in a stall alone. Because also, he was... Again, I don't know how they measure horses, but I do know a lot about horse etiquette. When you're in a stall with a horse, you never corner yourself because they'll kick the shit out of you. You need to have a getaway plan, and you need to be closest to the door. Yeah, this He's was a... this was Henry's first time ever with a horse, presumably. Like Dan- David's just like, here, brush it, clean up its shit. I'll TTYL. Like, he needs someone to show him how to do this. tell him, like, hey, you need to remove the horse from the stall when you clean the crap out of it. It, I bet Henry was in there with a pitchfork being like, move, move. (laughs) Poking the horse. But Henry does have cute moments with the horse. Like, this was super cute because you could tell the actor was having a great time because he was just like brushing the horse. Like, is it time to rest you? Is it time to ride you yet? Is it time to ride you yet? And they did a cute thing in the beginning where he's like, oh, you'll tell me when it's time to ride and then the horse shakes his head and you're like oh it's so cute (laughs) uh but then daniel is lurking about and as horses do they are all spooked by the presence of pure evil (laughs) and they all freak out and leave and henry miraculously lives and uh daniel comes in (laughs) henry's just like i don't know what's happening i've never met a person i didn't already know i don't know who you are dude and he's like, are you hurt? Are you whatever? And Regina and David show up. <laughs> he freaking, wait, wait, you forgot to mention. Oh, I'm sorry. Daniel I glossed over the violence. He out this child, lifts him off the ground by the neck, and he's, and, and, and like, bless this actor's heart. Like, again, Henry, 
he's played by a fantastic actor, but he was just like, he looked mildly inconvenienced by the fact that he was being held up by his neck and being choked to death. He's like, mm, mm, I want to do this. I want to do this. And, and, I, and, I, and one note I want to make is like, the actor Noah Bean, who plays Daniel, he, I mean, I would say he could do a lot of things, but I really don't know if he can. Um, his uh, turn on a dime between Daniel version and monster version was like the same person with slightly bigger eyes. But also when he was evil, his his his, his head slipped down a little, so he stared at yeah. you through his eyebrows. But his mouth also got really little. <laughs> I'm so evil. I'm, I'm monster reader. I'm monster. I'm gonna kill you. I'm not Daniel. I'm murder man. <laughs> <laughs> he so he tries to murder uh, uh, Henry, who he doesn't know who is, and, and David and Regina show up. David just like run, and Henry does not think twice. He just hits the trail. He doesn't care who it is. He just runs. And David shuts the, the the stall door and is just screaming at Regina. Is like, I'm gonna go in there with my gun. I'm gonna shoot the shit out of him. And she's like, No, I'll talk to him. So believe me, believe me, please. I'm like, okay. They open it and Regina's like talking to him, and he kind of gets it. Like he's he's getting ready to kind of like super murder her, and he's just like, I love you. He's like, Oh, and he and he switches back down to Daniel. He switches to Daniel, which is just like, I don't know, this isn't what I'm supposed to be. Please. Love me less. Love me less. I don't remember what he said. Did he say love again or something? Yeah, he said you have to move on. And then she's like, I can't. And he's like, basically like, you'll love again. Which I just watched Over the Moon for the first time last night. If you are in any kind of emotional state, do not watch it because you will cry a lot. And there's always this scene like in the goodbye where it's like, you have to move on. And I'm just like, well, don't tell me what to do. Beth, Beth, this whole pandemic has taken an absolute toll at me. I've cried during commercials. Like, it's just, <laughs> I don't, I, I won't watch the movie. I can't rewatch, I tried to rewatch uh, Steel Magnolias, which I like to watch and I like to cry to. And it wrecked me like two months ago. And I'm like, I can't do this again. This, I can't do it. Anyway, Daniel's basically just like, love me less, <laughs> move on. <laughs> and she's just like, and then it's the, it's the, the <laughs> it's the scene from, uh, the beginning where she freezes him with the blue magic and then she doesn't take his heart and kill him. She just sort of disintegrates him. I, I wasn't aware that that was a power she had, but okay. Sure. And so, but again, she, amazing because she is just so crushed by it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so now she's, Daniel is gone. There's no hope of Daniel. It's over. We've now seen Daniel brought back to life and been a monster, which has got to be a trauma you can't under unfold. But the good news is, after this experience of trauma, she makes the right choice, and she goes to Hopper. Knocks on the door, and this is where they make the very heavy-handed version of it, being like, yes, Regina. She's like, I use magic. Come in. Like, <laughs> come in. Let's talk about it. Come You're going to have to turn... You're going to have to turn in your one week I didn't use magic ch chip, but you'll get it we'll back. try again. We'll start over. Tomorrow's a new day one. It's fine. Uh, which is fine. This is good. I, I'm joking about it, but this is this is the right kind of move because she yeah. genuinely has no one else to talk to. So. Yeah. And yeah, not only that, but she's recognizing that she she did what she had to do. 
but she also broke a promise to herself and she needs to rectify those two polar opposite sides. Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, we've also got one extra little moment of gloat for Rumpelstiltskin with Dr. Whale because oh in, God, during so the boys club time, Rumpel was really like Rumpel and Dr. Whale was really whipping it out <laughs> and like having this tete-a-tete <laughs> about you paused at the wrong time. You know, when all three boys were out there in the woods and Rumpel whipped it out. <laughs> no, I'm going yeah. to die. You're going to kill me. <laughs> so, like the two of them were just like having a back and forth about magic. No science. You need the magic for your science. Uh, excuse me. Uh, the magic wouldn't do shit without my science. So like they have this back and forth. And then of course, Rumpel has to win every goddamn thing. So that's where we end up. Yes. Uh, Dr. Whale walks in. He's walking down the street with his cooler. <laughs> cooler of body st- parts. He's strapped to his body. Like, it's just one of those, just like, if you saw that guy walking into a tailgate, you'd be like, this guy started drinking way too early. Uh, he goes in and he he puts the cooler on the table. And admittedly, Rumble has the funny line because he opens it up. His arm is in the cooler. And Rumble's like, huh. When people say my presses are costing an arm and a leg, this isn't what we meant. Hey! <laughs> and he's just like, put my arm back on. And he's like, huh, you came here, but not the hospital. Say it. Say it. You have to say it or I will put your arm back on. <laughs> <sighs> I need magic. Magic's I- cure. Magic's magic. Magic's cure. Science true. <laughs> yeah. Science is for nerds. Magic is awesome. Please put my arm back on so I can give you the bird. (laughs) So he puts his arm back on. And again, there was just a quick moment because he lifts his hand up into the shot. And he's like looking at it. I'm like, are we about to go idle hands? Is his hand about to try to murder him? It's just like, it's an evil hand now. It's been connected with magic. Now something bad's going to happen. Oh my God. Well, that does happen. Much I know. On. I know, but they, 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 they're just so excited for it. I'm just like, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and uh, everybody, that was season two, episode five, The Doctor. Not much happened. No, I mean, it's like kind of a filler. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That, we didn't it filled talk much, everything. Guys. Sorry, we didn't talk much. I know this is a really short episode. Yeah, this, like, so what was interesting about this episode was. It didn't have a lot of intimate character moments, but the ones that it had really counted. And there was particularly mm-hmm. about Regina. Like, I, the whole modern Daniel stuff, no thank you, was not a fan. I didn't care for it. Um, I kind of feel like they needed, we needed a bit more time to see or hear from Regina about Daniel before bringing him back. Like, because... We hadn't really heard anything about him since he died. Um, We had no idea that he was still being preserved. Yeah, like that. I would have liked if maybe the preservation thing had been brought back like maybe two episodes earlier just mentioned. And then this whole thing happened. Um, Because it it was it was the the thing that Once Upon a Time does that it does particularly a lot in later seasons where it introduces and concludes something within the same episode. Yes. And like the show 
tends to be better than that, but this is kind of where we see those cracks that really become apparent later. That said, Regina's time with Dr. Hopper, her time with Rumpelstiltskin, the the journey she's going through and how it connects to the weirdest people on the planet, multiple worlds. It's just all very fascinating. And just like, I love the, I love the Interworlds Boys Club and I wish we could have gotten more of it, but it just left me wanting more. But you know what? We got what we got, what we got and they didn't ruin it. Like there's not yeah. us talking. Remember when they tried it this again in season seven and it was terrible. So you know what? For that, I will say thank you. I do. I will miss Hatter. I, I love Jefferson. Sebastian mm-hmm. Stan moved on to, to, to better things, to more eyeliner. More hair and more eyeliner, apparently. <laughs> and also loses an arm. Interesting. 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 Oh, yes. I know. Yes. Um, I was going to make a comment, but never mind. Uh, this episode, great episode. It was a good Halloween episode. I, mm-hmm. I'm always down for Halloween episodes, so... All right, thank you so much for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or, you know, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, you can support us on Patreon if you'd like. That's patreon.com slash OUA timing. We have wonderful patrons, including our Snow Queens. That'd be Lisa Slack, Patrick Stevens, Jacob Fulcalt, Paul, Brian Sanina, Blake Brinkley, Matt LeClerc, and Zach Chobanoff. And for our wonderful Hello Dearies and Snow Queens, pretty soon within the next week, we will have a new bonus episode. And it's going to be discussing Princess Switch Switched Again and the Netflix holiday movie universe that I'm so excited to talk about. I I don't want to be super conservative about this, but I'm pretty sure (laughs) we will talk about this episode or this movie for three hours. It could very well happen. The first hour and a half will you will be you trying to explain what happens and how it happens in this what happens between the two movies. Because they explain it in the first ten minutes. I rewound it four times. I still am not quite sure what's going on. I found myself in the middle. It made sense later. But anyway, that's all the podcast will be. It'll just be you trying to explain to me this movie shot for shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness um and be sure to join our facebook group that is facebook.com slash group slash oua timing we are also on twitter at oua timing i am personally at beth elderkin i am at just underscore abby and we'll be back next week with season two episode six tallahassee that's a big one that's you don't i i, I won't say anything i don't remember what that is oh you're gonna like it. Oh no! It's a good I'm one. So excited. Yeah. I like it when I don't know things. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks again for joining us, and Abby. We will see you next week. See you next week, Beth. Me. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.